welcome to Stock Your Curiosity, episode 10. Uh, today we have a special guest and I'll let him introduce himself to you. Uh, hello, Michael. How are you doing? My name is Todd Sullivan. All right. Uh, so we got in touch through the our anchor through social media. So uh, uh, tell me a little bit about what you do and where you, where you come from and what you're doing right now. Sure. Right now I'm in Taipei, Taiwan, and I've been here okay. for about six months and I teach English here. Okay. And what do you do? Uh, do you teach English? Uh, I, I met you because uh, as part of my, um, so the platform that I'm using is, is, is where I am trying to learn different things from different uh, people doing um, uh, creative stuff and other stuff. So I believe you're a writer. So tell me how you, a little bit about how you came to be a writer. Well, I mean, I started writing uh, quite young, but the current books that are out, there are two novellas series I have out right now. One is uh, fantasy and the other one is extreme horror. And, uh, okay. yeah, and I, I, I started doing both of those projects uh, quite a while ago. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, about when you started and how you decided to, you know, do writing because it's it's a very interesting exercise to, you know, capture different worlds and, you know, make a cohesive story that captures people's imagination. So I guess you, you must have a story behind it. I mean, I started writing like a uh, very young age like i'm originally from well i'm from america but i'm originally from a place called okay. new orleans Louisiana, and okay. i started writing at a very young age i mean i started reading in my house like my mom was a very big reader and my father uh told a lot of stories uh, he was very big on telling stories about his work day and just about things that he experienced okay. and i think i got my my uh my i suppose passion for writing and reading from my parents okay what were your first book do you remember the first books you that made an impression on you the first book that i read that made an impression on me um yep you know one that i guess some of the earliest books like many people are uh raw dolls books uh the okay. bfg matilda um things like that there was a there's some very old books that i read that i don't think anyone's really have heard of uh, anymore the dragon in the garden uh searching for sonya to nowhere and back but these are very old books um but the ones that people will probably okay. your audience will probably no, are uh, raw doll. Those are probably the ones that people know. Okay. So how do you? And then it's interesting. You were in New New Orleans, but I think you also lived in Korea. Right. I lived in Korea for so ten years. Do, okay. So how did you come? What's the story behind that? Well, I, and I think it also affected some of the books that you had that you wrote. Sorry. Uh, it, it's like everything I've had published. Uh, everything I've had published has come was is based in Korea, and I didn't start publishing until after I moved to Korea. But I moved okay. to Korea because uh, when I was doing my Master of Fine Arts at Queens College in New York, I did a winter mm -hmm. semester, which is about three weeks long in Tokyo. And I knew that I really okay. wanted to come back to uh, this part of the world. I was trying to go to Japan, actually. I was trying to go specifically to Tokyo. But, um, okay. you know, Japan doesn't hire many English teachers. But Korea, uh, 11 years ago, was hiring a lot of English teachers. And that's where many people ended up teaching English in Korea. Okay. And how was it? like how was the difference like uh, I'm, I'm sure if you've seen Tokyo for three weeks you, you might get a sense of the they're not the same culture but they have similar sensibilities I, I believe but how was it like from your life in uh, US well when you moved there 
well, you know, uh, Tokyo was my first trip to Asia, and it was a, I think, an amazing experience. Uh, from uh, the airport to the hotel, well, we didn't say a hotel, we said a youth hostel. But from the airport to the youth okay. hostel, to the vending machines, to the the crows that they had there, to the people, to the cars. Actually, just about everything about Tokyo was really quite amazing. Uh, they, okay. You know, they have a lot of um, alleys in, in Tokyo. Uh, I actually haven't been to other places to- uh, in Japan. But they have a lot of alleys in Tokyo, and they're just uh, like a hint of magic and mystery that I think pervades the okay. entire city. Okay, I'm a I'm a big fan of Japanese culture. I'm I'm originally from Ethiopia, mm. but we have very some similar social um, um, social social cultural uh, things that are very similar to my cultures from where I come from. So I used to be very interested in stories about Japan and you know Japanese culture, samurai. Yakuza mm. and all those things. So yeah. So uh, okay. So you moved to uh, Korea. I, I believe it's uh, Jeju. Uh, no, Jeju is where you are right now, or is it the place that you first moved? Oh uh, no, Jeju is where I first moved when I went to Korea. I ended up in, on Jeju Island, a small city called Sogipo. Okay. So you you moved there, and then you decided to actually put you know pen to paper and actually produce your first book. Is that is that if I'm, if, not entirely? That no. Like I said, I mean I have a master's in writing and I, i've been writing since a young okay. age and before i moved to korea i, I had written uh, let's see one two 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 and a half novels before i moved to korea but like i said i didn't get anything published really i didn't get anything published okay but uh when i moved to uh korea i wrote a short story like my first year but it didn't go very well and then i didn't write anything else probably about three years living in korea and it was about around the third year okay. that i started working on uh uh, a horror uh, novel that uh, eventually became these novellas that I'm writing now. So that was about three years after living in Korea that I started writing uh, stories that took place in Korea. Okay. So what what inspired you to to what what, what inspires you when you're writing? People people inspire me. Uh, a lot of my stories are, are based. I mean, the foundation are, are actually people that I've met most of the time or situations that I've been in. So the real world okay. uh, inspires my. Uh, you know, fantasy fiction, horror fiction, fan- uh, urban fantasy. The world war inspires it. Okay. So why did you decide to do fantasy and, you know, fantasy fiction? Why did you decide to write fantasy fiction and horror? You know, it's like, um, it's an inclination. I mean, I guess, I mean, when you start doing, I, I believe any kind of art, but when you start writing, you try different things. And some things just seem to have more success with people who read it than other things. And so that's what you start focusing on. Well, if you want to be successful, that's what I believe. That's what you start focusing on more and more, that which gets the best response. And my horror fiction has really always gotten the best response of everything I've written, which is why horror okay. kind of goes through basically everything I write, whether it's fantasy, whether it's children's literature, whether it's science fiction, there's usually uh, tinges of horror, like hints of horror in there. So I think it's just, I, I wrote mm-hmm. it because that is what was most successful. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, even in writing in horror, uh, do, do you do your research uh, beforehand do you create outlines and stuff well actually i think part of the reason why i actually write about the immediate my immediate 
my the immediate around me it's because at a younger age yeah. i didn't like research i really dislike research actually and so it's, it's much easier if you pull <laughs> uh narratives and plots and characters from what's going on around you than having to you know go to yeah. books and you know figure uh, look up things and like and things like that but now i actually do a lot more research but uh the fantasy novella has a lot of research behind it because it takes place in middle-aged korea and even though i lived in korea of course mm-hmm. i don't live i didn't live like no middle-aged korea so i have to figure out i have to look and see what life was like back then so that actually those novellas take a long time to write and that does require a lot of research okay do you do you try to get as uh, historically as correct as possible you know depending on the fact that you're writing fantasy but do you get are you did you try to you know be as close as possible to the way of living things and how was that process like uh, did you get to have like enough was there enough research or accessible research there was because you know i was in korea for 10 years and so i, I i've yeah. gone to many of the historical sites in korea i've seen how yeah uh, there's like a lot of um well there's several uh old villages in korea like the way things were back in the day so you could walk through there and they actually have real people living in these like old style villages uh so you know i've gone to the fortresses and the forts i've seen the old ships uh i've gone to the museums the national museum in history a couple of times so i mean i've actually have seen a lot of these things that i write about but then i also do research online like i i look up in order to get like more details and uh things like that i look up online to help fill in the blanks okay it's quite different uh, isn't it uh be you being uh, physically there than actually writing from memory or from stuff that you read right it is because you know i i i can put i mean i know <clears throat> i know exactly how the the house the places they live used to look i know exactly how the fortresses look so yeah i mean it's okay. it's much more uh much it's much more real as a result of the fact that i've actually touched with my hand or smell the way these places look and feel okay and um what's your process like then uh, when you're writing and uh, for example for those For those people who don't know and haven't had the education or are not experts, what's the difference between a novella and a novel? Is it the you know the amount of words or the length of the story? Or uh, that's the first question. The second question is, what's your process like? Well, I mean, the easiest way, uh, the simplest way to tell the difference between a novel and novella is really uh, page count size. So a novella is usually uh, between twenty thousand and forty thousand words. That's about the general size of a novella, and a novel. is usually between like 60,000 and maybe 100 120,000 words uh it's usually like a novel and then between 40,000 and 60,000 words there's some gray space there it could be either or but i mean there's also things like plot uh, novellas tend to have a single plot whereas novels have a have okay. a overarching plot but then there's all these subplots you know uh, novellas have much smaller character cast novella no, novellas have a smaller character cast novels tend to have a lot of characters uh and you have to follow all these different you know point of views and you know things like that so i mean that's like the difference between a novel and a novella but for okay. the process my process has actually changed um, over time uh but what i did for what i used to do is i used to write short stories fleshing out the idea and then eventually i wrote a novella mm-hmm. so that was my process i would write short stories about character about one of the characters in the novella or a short story about uh a situation in the novella and then 
over time, I would have enough material that I would kind of, uh, you know, write a novella around the ideas of the short story. Okay, does the short story have to be on the main character or is it just one or is it an idea and then go forward with it? Then in terms of short stories, is it like uh, the word count? Should it, should it be half of the half of that? In terms, I'm asking, I'm only asking because I, I like writing also, but I find it very difficult to, you know, to and I have I understand I have to keep writing uh, to to get uh, a handle of how my story will end but it's just so I'm just asking how your uh, the, your process is like in, in that term well the short stories are they are they are not always about the main character and also the the main character can change from the short story to the actual novella uh, it just oh, kind of okay. depends because I really am more about writing I guess my my philosophy is trying to see what has the best uh, the best uh, response from readers and then that's basically where I kind of uh, veer towards so for my okay. horror novels my horror novellas um, the original main character has become uh, she's not as main as she was in my first uh, rendition of it it's actually a, a, a side character that's become taking more of the spotlight in the novellas because people really loved her and you know there's no point in wasting a good character so definitely it changes from yeah. the short stories to the novella it, it changes okay and uh, how do you get feedback how do you get people to to you know to respond to your writing and to your characters what is it what do you normally do i'm a big proponent of workshops and uh we're very okay. lucky like when i was uh high school and then beginning of university this is back in 1996 97 98 99 uh the internet uh, wasn't mm -hmm. as big as it is now uh, and back then, the only way you could give the, the easiest way to get feedback on your fiction was to go to school. You have to go to like a, uh, you have to take a class, like a creative writing classes, which are really not as many as they possibly could be at universities. But now online, yeah. there are some really good workshopping websites. So that's who I use. I workshop my uh, fiction online in order to get the opinion of just regular readers. And then, you know, that's how I tend to edit uh, my fiction. Okay. Do, do you have any examples of uh, what? Yeah, the one I uh, the one I recommend that we can uh, share with my audience. Uh, Scribblefile. It's I mean it's, it's hard to pronounce it because it has okay. like a lot of different names to it. But if you do s c r i b o p h i l e dot com, Scribblefile dot com. That's the one I uh, recommend uh, the most actually. But then there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other different ones. But uh, I, I mean that one people should actually do. Okay, all right. And uh, do you, uh, how how do you handle um, bad reviews versus go good reviews there's an art i mean i do think there's an art to it that you know people who mm -hmm. want to write and be successful at writing perhaps don't realize because mm -hmm. you know when you when you have uh let's just say a dozen people reading your fiction uh the way it, it often works is that you know one person is gonna seem to always disagree with what other people are saying and then there's like mm -hmm. varying response like varying opinions upon different aspects of the story and really it's very important as a writer to figure out what advice to take and which one not to take because what some people try to do they try to keep changing it according to what everyone says and then some people don't want to change mm -hmm. it at all and really you have to really be able to figure
figure out uh, what's the best advice to get the best of your story. And this is actually not easy. It's really quite difficult, actually. Okay. But uh, I'm guessing you, uh, I think you have some handle on it uh, nowadays. I think you just published a new uh, novella. Tell me a little bit about that, 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 that stories, those stories. I think it's the second book, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So I have uh, three novellas out right now and then one coming out oh, in okay. the next 30 days. Uh, so the, hor- the extreme horror are actually a vampire series. The first one, Butchers, came out in November. And the second one, The Gray Man, Smoking Shadows, should be coming out in probably two or three weeks. And then for the fantasy, the first one, which came out in December of last year, is called Hollow Man. And the second one, which came out May 1st of this year, is called There Will Be One. And so those are the two uh, novella series I'm working on right now. Okay. And uh, how are people finding and how are people finding it in Korea? Seeing that you're writing about Korean themes, but in your own voice. But So how are they finding it? I mean, it was something I worry about before. And when I was still living in Korea, like uh, several years ago, I actually had someone from Korea, I had a couple of people from Korea actually read the stories. I was afraid that it, maybe I would get something wrong, something culturally wrong, or they might be, uh, might feel like it's not really authentic to how it is to be uh, in Korea. Because my characters actually are almost all Korean. But I mean, the response has okay. been uh, quite good, actually. You know, uh, I haven't had any complaints and they seem very supportive of it. So in my opinion, the response has been quite, quite positive. Okay. Uh, so it, it must mean, it must mean also you, you've immersed yourself into the, the culture enough that you understand the cues. Uh, so what do you do apart from writing and stuff? What do you do as a hobby, as a way to unwind? Uh, these days, I don't do much. I've only been in Taipei for about six months and uh, I haven't really had time to do a lot here. But when I was in Korea, I used to do Kendo, which is a sword fighting okay. martial arts. And I'm not sure if I did that to unwind, but that, that was my hobby uh, was Kendo. I did that for nine years. Okay, how was it? Then why did you decide to start Kendo? I started doing Kendo in Jeju, my second year in Jeju, the beginning of my second year in Jeju, because they didn't have fencing. Mm-hmm. When I lived in America, I did fencing. Uh, oh, but okay. fencing isn't popular. Like, it exists in this part of the world, but it's not popular. It's very hard to find fencing clubs. And so, but it's very easy to find Kendo clubs. Like, they, these are really popular in this part of the world. And so, that's actually why I started, because I couldn't do fencing. Okay. And uh, how, what, what do you like m- more about the Korean culture and then nowadays how do you immerse yourself when you get into a different culture well like most about Korean culture I think is hmm, it's an interesting question I mean I was there for 10 years it feels like Korea almost feels like a home away from home like my adopted country and so I really enjoyed okay. quite a bit about Korea I mean I enjoyed the kendo there I enjoyed the food I really enjoyed the food there uh, they, have a, they, they have a really well they had a really great nightlife but of course most things are kind of close okay. because of the coronavirus but uh, it's a very yeah. great place to be if you're in your 20s and 30s uh, like going out very fantastic nightlife for you actually uh, so I mean just overall uh, it's very it looks very nice there a lot of green in Korea a lot of hills there's some really great mountains there so it's very scenic uh, it's okay. very easily accessible there's subways in the big cities and the subways tend to go everywhere so yeah I mean there's just so much I was there for so long there's so much I really like about Korea okay uh, that's great then uh, so what's next for you in terms of uh, writing and publishing well again my 
Ayub. The next novella should be coming out in like two weeks. The The Gray Man Smoking Shadow. That's the, the extreme horror one. I'm currently working on uh, the third in the fantasy uh, series, and that one is called Durf. And that one should mm -hmm. be finished around November, and I think we'll probably end up coming out uh, early 2021. Okay. But as for what's next, you know, it's since the world is so strange right now with the coronavirus, it's it's hard to it's hard to predict too far into the future right now, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And okay, and for you know the for different writers, new writers, how do you do you propose uh, they self-publish or do you propose they go to a publisher? And how would you go about presenting your work for a publisher? Uh, so self-publishing, I don't know. I would not. I would not say to do that, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually also argue, try to convince anyone not to. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of hurdles you have to overcome when you try to do anything uh, solely by yourself. Like I don't really care. I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is. When you try to do something solely by yourself, it's just a lot of hurdles you have to overcome. I think it's always better mm -hmm. to do things more of a group when you try to do something kind of big. And publishing is just big. Trying to get your work out there is big. Trying to get edited is. These are really big things that I don't think uh, many people self-publish are really thinking of when they are putting it together. And so I wouldn't. I don't advise self-publishing. But again, I wouldn't try to convince anyone not to. If someone chooses to, that's up to them. What I will say though is that there's a lot of uh, they call it indie publishers. I mean, I think they're kind of like mm -hmm. almost like like a microbrewery. There's these very small publishers that exist everywhere. And I would actually say to go to them because even though they're very, they are very small. Like I said, like microbrewery, almost like a mom and pop version of uh, publishing. But still, you have support. You have a group. You have. It's just not you yourself trying to get it done. It's you and then at least a handful of other people who might know a handful of other people. And so if it's that, even it's like a small group, it is better than just you yourself. I mean, it's just really tough trying to get any headway when you try to self-publish and you're just on your own. That's really very difficult. Okay. And how did you go about, you know, presenting your work to publishers? Well, I, I've been doing this for a very long time. So, I mean, I, I started trying to get published when I was uh, 18 and then 42 now. So it's been, you know, more than two decades. And it takes a lot because it's a funny thing, but when you try to figure out how to do cover letters, when you try to figure out how to do a synopsis, when you try to figure out how to present your book, there is both a lot of information and then no information out there. It's kind of strange. And it really <laughs> is that you have okay. to, you have to, uh, you have to just trial and error and see what works and what doesn't work. And it takes a long time. And it just takes a very long time. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it's just trial and error. Okay. Any last messages you'd like to uh, send to my listeners, to our listeners? I'd like to thank you for. Oh, I'd like, I like to thank you for having me on. I mean, I really appreciate this. And as always, I want to thank my publishers, uh, Mocha Memoir Press, who does the Extreme Horror Vampire series, and then oh no, sorry, Mocha Memoir Press, which does the Fantasy series, and then Nightmare Press, which does the Extreme Horror Vampire series. I'd like to thank both of them. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for being an uh, interesting and gracious uh, host and i hope uh, you you go well with the oh sorry one before that how are you handling with the coronavirus thing in terms of your writing is it allowed to write more or is it becoming a... uh, no no um you know that's that's one thing you have to i think yeah, as a writer you have to do is just remain disciplined so uh it, it hasn't really affected uh my writing output at all no i mean this is not really the best time uh just in general but as far as writing it hasn't had an effect on my writing you know no oh, okay all right thank you very much
for being part of the Stalk Your Curiosity uh, podcast. And I hope uh, you do well with all of your ventures. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much.